In the world of Hollywood, movies get greenlit and redlit. They get remade and rebooted. But we are the ideal. I'm Sam Gash, and you are listening to Ideal Remake. Because that's not necessarily a bad intro. Hi, we're the Two Sams, and we're coming in on the ones and twos, and you are listening to Empire Records. Not Empire Radio, because I thought this movie was basically going to be very similar to Pirate Radio. It is not. And I'm joined today by Sam Schifrian, who wanted to watch this movie. I did. Did I mispronounce it? Yeah. Dang it! So close. I mispronounced everyone's last name. What's the correct pronunciation? Schifrin. Ignore the C... And the last E. Schifrin. Yeah. My last name also ignores a C, so you'd think I'd be used to that. Yeah. Yeah, it is what it is. You did do... No, but you got that part right. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, so tell me why Empire Records? Well, back when I was a wee young child in the uh, late 90s, and all my friends were into, like, Spice World and that kind of movie, I wanted something different. And I somehow, I think, discovered Empire Records probably in a blockbuster or something. Makes sense. And it looked cool. Or maybe it was on a cable channel. I discovered Empire Records in a blockbuster is a very 90s sentence. Exactly. It's And this movie is, has been called Peak 90s by some people. Oh, yeah. This movie is a time capsule. It is. Which, well, we'll talk about that later. I yeah. Think. I mean, it's 92, 93. So it's not like, it's like the beginning of the 90s. Well, it's so 94 it's... is when they shot it. And I think it came out in 95. Oh, did it? I got the wrong... Someone lied to me. People do that a lot. They're monsters. Evil people. Uh, And so you watch this... Oh, yeah, you're right. 1995. So you saw this movie, you found it in a blockbuster, and you're like, well, this is going to define my youth. I I honestly can't tell you exactly how I came upon it. All I know is that once I, like, watched it, I was, like, fascinated by it. I thought it was really cool. And I think over time, uh... I would see, like, oh my god, these people actually have careers. (laughs) Which is kind of the most fascinating thing about movies from, like, 10 or 20 years ago, is when you see, like, someone's first movie, and then you're like, wow. I have, I think it's called The Outsiders. I've owned the DVD, it's been sitting on my shelf for a while, and I've never watched it. That's a fantastic movie. All of these people's first movies. I would have also done that for this. Yeah? That I saw, we had to watch it in 7th grade, because we read the book. Oh, nice. Well, at some point, you can certainly come back and we can talk about that. Fantastic. Now, all I knew about this movie going in, because I saw this movie blind, was When did you see it blind, Sam? Uh, What time is it now? It's 8.20pm, which means that I saw it starting six hours ago. Nice and fresh. That's right. So I'm just absorbing this movie now, but I'm ready. But the poster is, uh, the, it's Cody, Corey, Corey, Corey on the, uh, with a bunch of other people behind her. And then it's a dog listening to the radio. And I was really excited because I was like, okay, there's going to be a doggo in this movie. And there's no dog in this movie. I'll be honest, I never noticed the dog on the poster before. Really? Never. You just thought that was like the white background between like where the legs were? I always saw their faces and I never looked down. If there's a dog, I'm going to notice it. Yes. I mean, you're, and you're going to say hi. That's correct. I feel as though if there's a defining characteristic of our relationship, it's the fact that I say hello to dogs. Especially tiny ones. Especially tiny dogs. Would you like to do an impression of that? Uh, it goes a little something like this. Hi, tiny dog! Scene. 
good. Wonderful. Thank you. I would have slow clapped, but I didn't know how the audio was going to work there. We'll find out. Yeah. I'm excited to listen back and uh, See if it cut works. it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> you know, uh, we tried. Yeah. But it's such an interesting movie because it is such a time capsule of that era that I kept sitting there watching it and going, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know how we're going to talk about this because I don't know how this movie can be remade because it is such a product of the time and such, uh, I don't know. It's like, because it was a record store right before they started closing. Yeah. And so I don't know how you do that. Well, they are making a musical, apparently. They're attempting to make a musical. That makes sense. Because that's a remake, but it's a remake where you can do the same thing again and not live in the same universe. Well, here's the thing about a remake and time. You could, in theory, make this now and still set it in the 90s. Absolutely. That was my thought. The problem is that the part of what I think makes this movie work is that it is also a nostalgia movie. We get to see the things and remind, we are reminded of the things that we saw when we were a teenager. Like, I sat and watched this with my friend Ed, and he was saying, I saw this when I was, not the actor's age, but the characters they were portraying his age. Uh, and so I immediately identified with them. And so I don't know if I was watching this for the first time as an adult, how I'd feel. So you need to appeal... You need to appeal to the kids, to the young people. And if you do that now, it's going to be a completely different world. That's true. Also, that wouldn't be one of the whitest movies I've ever seen. No, that's, well, that's something else that we can talk about later. Yeah. Uh, And I think that that is something that, you know, a lot of movies had that issue, I think, talking about them, (laughs) uh, looking back. But the thing about this movie that's kind of, that always kind of has grasped me, and I, I guess I did see it as a teenager for the first time, and... Maybe you do just appeal. You don't necessarily have to appeal to kids, but you can appeal to us. Yeah. And if and maybe seeing it as an adult for the first time, it's different. Or, like some movies, I don't know if it could ever be touched or should be touched. Well. But we're going to have fun with it. We're going to have fun with it. Yeah. One of, the, one of the thoughts that I had was, what if you do... Unfortunately, my pitch for this, my first idea was, it's a sequel. It's still Empire Records, but... It's Empire Records now, and now instead of it being bought out by Music Town, it's, why is there still a record store? No one's shopping here. There's a, I, there, I think there's one big record store left in Tucson, Arizona, and I'm continually surprised that it's still in business, because, I mean, to be fair, property value in Tucson is not very high, so I can't imagine rent's very high, but it's still a big store, and they're still selling records, and other than... Us and our crazy hipster friends. I don't know that many people who collect records. I was going to say, vinyl does feel like it's making a comeback, but that might be where we live. I've heard of vinyl making a comeback. I've also heard of cassettes making a comeback. That's new for me. Yeah. Cassettes are making a comeback, but that's just full-on hipsterism. Vinyl makes sense because it theoretically sounds better. And I think cassettes are supposed to sound better than CDs, but who can say? Who knows? Crazy people. People who listen to a lot of things on many different types of media. Did you listen to the music that was in this movie? Was that the music that you listened to when you were growing up? Well, there's a little bit of everything in this. And I think I did listen to a little bit of everything. So it's probably fairly representative of uh, my taste growing up, as I found recently, looking back over some mixed CDs (laughs) that I had made. Uh, Ooh. Yes. Especially the ones where you could design the covers for it. I thought I was really cool. But let's say it was uh, quite eclectic. You had a print artist and were making all the CD covers? I was very excited by it. Yeah. I don't remember the name of the thing, but it was great. I was Sam's Mix 1, <laughs> Sam's Mix 2. I was very creative with the names. Absolutely. And it it's if you're making a mix, that's the perfect birthday gift for anyone in your life. I was going to say, now I could just bring it here and give it to you for your next birthday. That's true. You could. That would kind of be amazing. 
Yes, except for the fact that now it's on record and everyone will know and it will uh, be a surprise. Huh, interesting. Yeah. Anyway. Back to the movie. <laughs> the other, by the way, the other thing that's interesting is it took place over the course of a day, which I think is awesome. It's very... Uh, like Days and Confused, I think. Well, no, Days and Confused wasn't. What it's very else? classic theater. Yeah. And like, if you look back, like let's say Days and Confused. Let's and say Days and Confused. those kind of things. Movies of that time, like the, the pacing was different. It was cool. It had like an indie feel. Yeah. Well, this movie was a mainstream movie, but it feels very much like an indie movie today because it's a it's a middle budget movie, right? Well, yeah, it also did very badly because the people who they were trying to appeal to when it came out are the sort of people who would sneak into movie theaters or just not go at all because they were like too cool for it or something. Yeah. Damn the man. Save the empire. That's right. We're going to say that at least 17 more times. Well, I was considering opening the podcast with Happy Rex Manning Day everybody, but that dude is not cool. He's not. Though, though, as you are credibly challenged, uh, he is the leading grease too. He's the dude on the motor- motorcycle. He's the cool rider. Oh, uh, I have seen that movie. He is the leading grease too. I remember enjoying that movie. I also enjoyed that movie. I'm legit curious to watch it now. Yep. Because I remember it being so campy, and as that's a- from my perspective as an adult, having watched it as a kid. I will say that watching things now, movies that I used to enjoy, like I watched this over and over again, Grease 2, same thing, over yeah. and over again, uh, I have interesting perspectives on versus Dazed and Confused, which I will also say, higher quality movie than the other two, <laughs> uh, but I watched that for the first time as an adult, and a movie that is escaping me, it came out like a year or two ago, they were a baseball team in Texas. Uh, Bad News Bears? No, no, no. It was like, hold on, I'm gonna look it up. The Gina Davis movie. The uh... no, no, it came out like last year. Oh, 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 oh! It wasn't a remake that came out last year. It was just a movie I think that it came was out Everybody last year. Wants Some. Is the oh, name I have of no it. idea. But it took place similarly in a further back time. I think it was the 80s. And uh... a further back time. Who could even remember such a time as the 80s? Do you remember the 80s, Sam? Sure don't. I was born in 88. Me too. Yeah, it's impossible. It's really hard to tell us apart. Are we two people? Who knows? Who knows? You can't see us. (laughs) Uh, I finally cracked. Or have I? We'll never know. We'll never know. Uh, I just lost my train of thought. Should we talk about the movie? Yeah, well, yeah. What I've been doing is I've been doing these mini episodes so that I can not necessarily do a rehash of the plot of this movie. But this movie I feel like we kind of have to because it's more a series of vignettes that happen while another story kind of takes place over the course of the day. You want me to take a crack at it since I kind of do this for a job? Or Go for we'll, it. We'll pretend. Empire Records opens with one of the lesser responsible employees taking money, taking the day's money to Vegas. And How much money? $9,104, I believe, was the exact total, though I could be wrong. And it's not Vegas, it's Atlantic oh, City. I'm sorry, it's Atlantic City, and I'm from Jersey. That's embarrassing. And do you want to know why that is especially horrible as it is? Why? Because there are a couple really glamorous shots of the Trump Casino. I did not notice that, and I may have gotten a little bit nauseous. I, it was very upsetting. Oh, yeah. I, I I went there once, and I tried to forget about it. Uh, I was young, and then it went bankrupt. Okay. What a surprise! Shocking! Uh, anyway, so Lucas goes to Atlantic City, gambles away the money, thinking he can save it from becoming a music town, which is the man. And uh, 
goes back the next day, shows up to work, and is not fired, but is relegated to a couch. He and... is required to stay on the couch, yes. Yes. Now, what's crazy is that he goes to Atlantic City and he bets the money on craps. He wins, yep. doubles his money, and then lets it ride. Yep. There's also a young lady coming on to him, which may or may not have something to do with it. Fun fact, that was one of the producer's girlfriends at the time. Was it really? Yes. I may have looked up some fun facts. As I'm excited about it. Yes. Then he comes back. He's relegated to the couch. They open. It's also Rex Manning Day, who is a cheesy yet uh, somewhat he's the seductive he, singer. I can't. You can't describe him as a teen heartthrob because he is just the he's the Nathan Fillion of his time. I think in terms of attractiveness. Yes, except I feel like it's like if it's like a Nathan Fillion character. Sure. I I would say not actually Nathan Fillion. No, because Nathan Fillion's a delightful human being, That's and, what this I've guy, heard. and this guy's a garbage person. Yes, he is a garbage person. Uh, he brings with him a lovely woman named Jane, and uh, who for some reason we can talk about this later quits on him, and then but doesn't quit to the guy she works for. She, she tells quits, yeah. someone else that she quits. Super weird. Anyway, we'll talk about that later. That was so weird. But throughout this, you have the and I spent a good chunk of the movie thinking Jane was Molly Ringwald, and it is it not. It is not Molly Ringwald. Uh, it is Debbie Mazar, whose last name I can also not say, but she is a fantastic actress who is on Entourage. Yes. Uh, and then you have these two young potential lovers, Corey and AJ. Corey is going off to Harvard, and AJ decides to tell her that he loves her. Uh, but Corey also wants to give away her virginity to Rex Manning. That's correct. And throughout the course of the day, more crazy things happen. A dude named possibly named Warren, tries to shoplift and then come back, comes back with a gun later, uh, though not a real gun. Well, no, it was a real gun. A real gun, gun with blanks. Yeah, so we'll get to this. But Warren, yeah. first of all, Warren shoplifts. He gets his big heavy jacket and then they like, they ca- uh, Lucas catches him. Lucas, the dude who went and gambled the money yeah. away, catches Warren, Very which entertaining is not scene. his real name. It's yeah. a great scene. Like, tra- like catching Warren is amazing. Yeah. And then they just, like, chill with him in the back room for a bit until the police show up. I didn't think the police were actually going to show up. I forgot the police actually showed up. And then they take Warren away. I don't know how he got away from the police and then also got a well, gun. Well, they also said that he, they won't be able to hold him because he... He's a minor. He's a minor, so he'd probably be released. Also, they take pictures of all the shoplifters, and they did a fantastic photo shoot with young they, Warren absolutely. and Rex Manning. Uh, but, so back to Rex Manning. Yes. Corey gets cold feet when she's going to give him... Uh, her virginity, but she then goes. I don't know if she gets cold feet. I think the fact that um, she like she undresses in front of him and she's like, "We should do this," and then all of a sudden, this older guy's like, "Okay," and then she freaks out, I rightfully think so. The reality of the situation dawned on her. I think she so decided too. Decided to peace out very quickly, and that mm-hmm. that was not the right decision. Well, it may have seemed it. Right. Uh, she was going through some stuff. Absolutely. Which also was- drugs. That, the stuff. Speed. Because she had to do the best and get into Harvard. And Absolutely. Had to stay awake to study. So she goes and has a heart-to-heart with her friend Gina, who's mm-hmm. known for being a little slutty. Uh, and uh, played by Renee Zellweger in her second role, I believe. She was cast because she was in, well, from Days and Confused, she had started dating Rory Cochran, I believe his name is, who's the guy who plays Lucas. So oh. she was cast in this... Kind of as his girlfriend. Anyway. Uh, is she? She No, 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 no. Not in the movie in real life. They were dating. Right, right, right. But then she was... Oh, she was cast in... Got it. Okay. This is her second role. Right, right, right. But now when she, she was cast in this movie as his girlfriend, mm-hmm. it's as his girlfriend, she was, she was then cast in this movie. Yes. 
Got it. Because, like, the only interaction that they really have is at the very end when they're all dancing on the yeah. roof and the two of them are dancing together and that is it. Nope, that's, yeah, yeah, no, not not in the movie. Even before that, though, there's the character of... Virgo, Deb. Debra. Fantastic Debra. Yeah, she's amazing. Like, she walks in and uh, shaves her head in the bathroom. Which, fun fact, the actress, Robin Tunney, actually, that is her actually shaving her head. Oh, yeah. I was watching the scene and I was like, there's no way that this is fake. This is definitely happening right now. Yeah, they covered it with three cameras and everyone's a little, like, I was reading something where they're like, no one knows what someone's head looks like bald until you see it. Right. So it was a real experiment. Yeah, and, and they had, and they had, that had to be like the first thing they shot. Yeah, and her character uh, struggled with severe depression, I would say, and they do a whole. Would you think it's severe depression or just like she's just? She was cutting her wrist. She was, but I think it's because she was having a really, really hard time because it wasn't until uh, they, she has the moment with uh, Corey in the bathroom and she's like, "Wow." Everyone's dealing with some fucked up shit that she's like, oh, okay, it's not just me dealing with all of this stuff. Everyone else is too. Yeah, but I think that's when she actually opened up and led to a really interesting scene, which was her funeral. Which that was, was a, a cool scene. A fake funeral where she's lying there and everyone else is telling them how, telling her how she, they want her to stay mm-hmm. because they had noticed that her wrists were wrapped up and she admits that she tried to kill herself with a lady bick. Yep, with the um, moisturizing handle. Yep. So, I mean... You're gonna go might as well moisturize on the way out i don't know uh, look everyone's got to feel pretty yeah so i guess you know lady big when uh when you want to feel pretty even to the last moment of your life lady big for all your needs sam you could go into market i should not no no my sister would kill me that's what she does for a living okay uh so back to Corey and gina and rex manning yes their one break which is later Rob, they they come back together. They renew their friendship over well, Deborah's funeral. They do, but, but Gina first went and slept yes. with Rex Manning. Like she went in and was like, "You should sleep with me instead." And he was like, "Yeah, okay." Yeah, he doesn't care. You're an attractive sixteen year old. Why wouldn't I do this? I don't think she was sixteen. I think she was meant to be a little older. Well, if they're, I guess if they're going off to college, they are. She, they well, could no. be. They could be seventeen or eighteen. In my opinion, I think. The other ones were, like, late teens, early 20s, and unless, like, specified. Like, I think, like, Mark was supposed to be, like, a teenager. Yeah. Uh, played by an actual 16-year-old at the time. Who oh, then he? went on. He's, he's still acting. Oh, yeah. He's on uh, Grace and Frankie now. Yep. Um, Ethan Embry, who is not credited as Ethan Embry. When I watched this movie, uh, one of the people I was watching it, it with recommended that Ethan Embry would actually be fun casting for uh, Joe. That would be funny. And I thought that was a fun idea, but... I ended up not going with any of the original cast just because once you start going down that road, you need to have like this person over here and hiding this person here. And what about this person over here? Exactly. Just, and while you, you certainly could do that, then you have a, a Lady Ghostbusters situation on your hands where you got to find a spot for everybody. And at the very end, in comes Ernie Hudson. Yep. We could still, I mean, Ernie Hudson. I'm perfectly happy putting Ernie Hudson in this movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you want it to be at the end, he could be the reporter who's uh, reporting on the fact yeah. that Warren Beatty shot up Empire Records. Yes, because Warren, when they ask him his name, says his name is Warren Beatty. Yep. Uh, okay, so Which, back Okay, the... so let's talk about that yeah. for a second. That joke works in the 90s. I don't What's know. his name now? That's... If you were to remake this movie right now, what would be the fake name that would be the equivalent of naming him Warren Beatty? George Clooney. Sure. Brad Pitt. I gender flipped... Tom uh, I gender flipped Warren. Okay. So, Taylor Swift. He could be Taylor Swift. We went in vastly dis- different directions there. Yeah. Taylor Swift, I would have said, like, 
trying to think. Like, it's just some girl comes in and she, like, robs Blake the place. Left. And she's like, I'm Taylor fucking Swift. All right, Taylor, uh, if you could sign here, we're going to need to take your picture over there. Like, one of those. Yeah. She'd be Miley Cyrus if we're going that way. Absolutely. She'd be Kelly Clarkson. I legit considered casting Miley Cyrus somewhere in here, but then I was like, mm, probably not. I feel like that's a choice. Yeah. That's like, you're making a it's, definite choice there. Because if I'm going to be perfectly honest, I have a cast for everybody, but I would want half this cast to be unknowns. Oh, that's, and that was the beauty of it, is yeah. looking back, we know most of their names. Mm-hmm. And even the ones whose names we don't know, we're like, oh, you were in The Killing, and, you know, you were in this, and it's the... The beauty of it is that most of these people are fairly consistently working today. Yep. it's This is the thing that discovered these people, but they weren't known at the time. Something I also noticed about the credits that I went this time that I went back and uh, dove into was there was a credit for Tobey Maguire. What? Who apparently, in the, I read this article, fascinating article, it was from like 2014. Okay. And basically they all, they shot this in Wilmington, North Carolina. Okay. Because big state, uh, I think it was Dino De Laurentiis had just built these huge stages. And uh, The Crow was the last thing to shoot there before Empire Records. <laughs> and uh, then, and they, they built, like, everything. They built the record store. By the way, getting back to the movie, uh, everybody's okay at the end. They sing, they're happy, they save the store. They dance in a weird 90s uh, bad special effects rooftop. It's great. Yeah, exactly. And they pan back over the city and everybody's happy. Yep. It's the unspecified happy. city. Yes. Though some people say it's supposed to be New Jersey because he went to Atlantic City, but you could really go to Atlantic City from most of these coasts. Anywhere on the East Coast, yes. yeah. But they were not supposed to be in North Carolina, which is where they were, and they kind of, the director, Alan Moyle, I wonder what his family did back in the old country. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they chopped dicks? Literally, yes, they did. Yeah. Hopefully, carefully. Uh, and Chop, chop. <laughs> and he would get everybody together, and they would do all this crazy stuff to really kind of forge a, a camaraderie amongst the cast. Mm-hmm. And Toby Maguire was there, and he was there for some unspecified role that they didn't know. And apparently, this is the story that I read. They were doing mushrooms, and somehow Toby Maguire was ended up in the basement eating cereal. And he asked the director, he's like, "Hey, I really want to go back to LA and write a script, and that's like my path at the moment." And they let him go. So he had some deleted scene that what? doesn't exist. He got like cut. And because they were, like, doing Mushrooms in the Basement, he got cut from the movie so he could go back to L.A. and write a script. He never wrote a script. Which he never did. No. Because there is no Tobey Maguire script. He no. went and did Pleasantville. It was or... the Cider House Rules of Cider Pleasantville, House and then he became Spider-Man. Yeah. Was, but... Ple- uh, was Pleasantville before Spider-Man or after Spider-Man? Before. Okay. I think Pleasantville was, like, 90. Yeah, because I think once he had that, because he did Spider-Man, then he did uh, the horse racing movie. Seabiscuit. Seabiscuit. Then he did Spider-Man 2. Uh, and then he didn't know it yet, but then he was in Molly's Game. But um. Because that's what happened. Because, like, at that point, he didn't need money. He had, he had fuck you money. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, and the other thing, by the way, that I think is cool about this movie, when I was doing some digging, because I'm uh, sure, I, I guess I have a, a large intellectual curiosity, I've been told. Um, Love it. I like to learn new things about things that I already know. Good. And uh, and the woman who wrote this, Carol, I cannot say her last name. It's, like, hiking in. Um, Let me take a crack at it. Uh, the last name is i'm really good at saying last names we've learned that carol hi Hi yeah i think hiking was probably the the way to go i was just trying to make it simple looking at it i think that's what makes the most sense so she as a uh young as a teenager actually did work in a tower records nice and i love spending time at tower records and i love the fact that on sunset there still is a fake tower records or there was until recently and uh and that's where this kind of came for she's really only done four things and that's it 
Yes, but again, if you look at it, Center Stage, another kind of time capsule movie. Yeah. Where you go back and look, and the lead just finished a bunch of seasons on 12 Monkeys, and you have Zoe Saldana. Oh, that's true. Uh, as, I assume, a child? Uh, yeah, as a, as a youngin. Cause, right around the crossroads time. Because Center Stage came out in 2000, and yeah, she's she, not, she's early 30s? She's 40. Is she? Yeah. Good for her. Uh, and then she did a thing called Love and Center Stage, turn it up. Uh, although she is, her project in development is freshly popped, but development unknown, which means that that could have been sitting there for 10 years. And we would never know it. We'd never know. Anyway, the cool thing about this is that it was inspired by her time. And, and she said, like, no one would ever get fired. And people do a lot of crazy, crazy stuff. Can I curse? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you've, people, heard, you've heard me cursing. That's true. Crazy shit. People do a lot of crazy shit in this movie that you think would get someone fired. Uh, Corey has a breakdown and starts punching a... Big cutout of Rex Manning in the uh, story. Rex Manning standee. Yeah. Lucas stole $9,000. Yep. Uh, they ha- basically hire, kind of somewhat realistically, the kid who the tried... The kid who tried to shoot up... Shoot up the store. Robbed the place and attempted to shoot up the store. He did shoot it up. It was just blanks. Yeah. Um, and then Gina slept with Rex Manning, and then she's like, so you're going to fire me? He's like, I haven't fired anyone today. Why would I start with you? That's one of my favorite lines in the movie. It's... Yeah. I, it's great. Because all told... I. Aside from the fact that it's all white people, it's a fairly progressive movie. It doesn't feel... Yeah. There's certain ways that it is shot that are sexist. I don't necessarily think the script is. I agree. And the other interesting thing is there actually apparently is a true story where one of the employees, some, this like like a legend that an employee at a record store was supposed to close up for the day and then, and took the money and it disappeared and the guy didn't even get fired and no one asked. Like he didn't know where it went. And that really happened, supposedly, though. Wow. I, I cannot confirm that, but I, I, I read it in an article about this movie. And, mm-hmm. I, again, it could just be a story or it could just be an urban legend. But that's based on, apparently, someone that really happened and did not get fired. Interesting. Because people didn't get fired in record stores because they were like a family. Yeah. That's, uh, the in Tucson, the big place like that is a used bookstore called Bookman's, which is a huge store. But, like... That's the cool place to work. And, like, if you get in with those people, like, that's that's the cool place to be. You're in the crew. I mean, it's 2018. Nerds are cool. Hell yeah. That said, the nerdiest dude in this movie is, uh, Mark? Yeah. I, I, uh, I, I had a hard time with Mark. His thing was listening to, he liked, like, headbanger music. That's fine. I don't care about that. But kind of his shtick in the movie was... He gets to talk to camera. And Lucas got to do that a little bit too. But with Mark, it weirded me out. Like, he'd just walk up to the camera and scream really loud. Or he'd say, oh man, this is wild, right? I think it was supposed to be like interstitials. And that's something that I probably would not keep in. I agree with that. In the remake. Well, it's a very 90s thing, but it's not a very 2010s thing. Yeah, it's. it also feels like it wasn't a great idea then, even in the 90s. So. Also, Yes. Yeah, so I feel like it's one of those things that you can be like, the movie's only an hour and a half, but we can use that time somewhere else. Like yeah. building Jane a backstory. Yeah. Poor Jane. She, ugh. Yeah. I cast someone interesting for Jane just because I want her to be, I want her to kind of like help and take control. Like, okay, well, I see what's going on. Here's what we're going to do. I think that's a really cool role to throw in some nostalgia. And if you're going to set this in the 90s, you could find someone 
Who was big in the 90s. Who was big in the 90s. I, I'm trying to think, like, like, one of those models that still, like, acts. Like, for some reason, I, Claudia Schiffer's not right, but I don't know why her name came to my head. I think you'll like who I have. Okay, great. I was like, the way that, like, Elle McPherson was in Friends. Like, something like that. Like, you throw in someone who should absolutely not be working for this douchebag. Right. But the other interesting thing I thought about her backstory is what if she... Because you kind of wonder, why is Rex Manning at this store? Um, like, why, like, this random small town I mean, they store? they say a little bit, Yeah, but... but the interesting thing would be if Jane actually worked at Empire Records back in the day, and maybe that's how she knows Joe. That would make more sense. And then she comes back and brings him back. She's like, hey, like, I used to work here. They're good people. Yeah. And something like that, where she actually has a history with the store. And that makes sense as to why she's so close to Joe, quits to Joe, and... It is, but then at the same time, if Rex Manning is back in town to do Jane a favor, why would that be... Like, I can he's see... He's not doing her a favor. Well, I mean, if he's going to go to a small town he wouldn't necessarily go to, if, she's, if he's there because she asked him to go there, the only reason I could see her then to quit would be if he then doesn't take it seriously. He's like, this is a small town, who gives a shit? I'm, I'm playing in the cities. A small town like this, I'm just here for whatever. Yeah, no, whatever. Uh, well, the thing about him of... is he is a washed-up, campy singer. Yes. So I think that he... He's uh, Rick Astley if Rick, if, without all of his just preternatural cool. Yes, exactly. He's the loser douchebag Rick Astley. Yes. People want to rip-roll him. Yes. Uh, and he deserves it. But That lady he... who just walked up to him, just like this old lady who just like walks up and starts, starts singing. singing operatically. That was so weird. He did deserve that. Absolutely. And I, the though I felt bad for him when the girl was like, it's not my name, it's my mom's name. I've never heard of you. Yeah, like, that's like, I get that she's like a teenager and she wants to be cool and whatever, but it's like, don't be a dick. Yeah, I mean, you've heard of him. If your mom likes him, you've heard of him. Yeah. Like, you're obviously here to do a nice thing for your mom. Exactly. But, but also, I would watch that movie, of like, and, and I know they've made this movie and it's a different movie, but just like, the washed up person who's having to go from town to town, like... These are the only places I can go, and this is all I can do left. And that's the thing is, I think that's who he is. So it's not like he's doing her a favor, per se. Right. It's more that he's... It's a new location he hasn't been to yet. Yeah, so she's just kind of... Because he's the kind of guy who got to fluff him up. Like, he's like... Yeah. He... You gotta fluff the ego. Like, he's... uh, Even though he deserves to be there, he doesn't think he does. Absolutely. So she has to kind of... She has to make it feel like... uh, She's the reason he's there, not... Yeah, she has to make it feel like he's doing Empire Records a favor as opposed to the fact that Empire Records is doing them a favor. Yeah, exactly. Because he's not the sort of person that would be in an Empire Records. Yes. Okay. Or the Empire Records. The Empire Records. Because the whole point is to not be a chain and be a one-off store. Fair. Damn the man. Damn the man. Save the Empire. (laughs) So that's kind of the the essence of the movie, and then also just full-on 90s clothing and nostalgia, which is... uh, Dudes in baggy clothes and girls in short skirts. And sweaters. And sweaters. Because the thing is, and that's something you got to compliment the costume designer on, is you're designing people, have to, like, that outfit really has to encompass the character. Yeah. Because they're only in one outfit. Except for Gina, who tries on a music town uh, apron and nothing else, and then goes back to her other outfit. She was wearing underwear. Okay. <laughs> I, I will be honest, I didn't look that closely. I may have. Okay. <laughs> uh, but... No, she was. And then there's another, like, at the end where they're partying and they, like, cross out uh, Music Town and they put basically three actresses or yeah, three background it models. Yeah, it was, like, no Music Town. Yeah. It was, like, the in, no in smoking the same basic sign. outfit. Yeah. Uh, hey, it's the 90s. You had hippies, you had stoners, and... You had all the things. You had girls who just wanted to wear aprons. That's right. 
And you know what? More power to him. Yep. So then let's talk about that for a second. If you were to remake this movie, would you put it in the 90s? A part of me says it doesn't have to be in the mid-90s because there there are record stores in small towns and stuff still. Absolutely. It could be in the early 2000s post-Y2K. I don't think you said it in 2018. No. Okay. But you do, there is something very 90s. I don't think you said it, you don't said it in 95. Maybe you said it in 98, 99, before Y2K. I just feel like you do it around 2000. Why? Trying to figure out, it's like a gut feeling I have. I don't Mm -hmm. know why, but it feels like 95 is too early. Mm Because there was a part of me that was like, hey, yeah, there is all, there was like all of these big corporate murders and everything happened around that time. So I understand like all the, like, like the last record store and everything. But now that we're past that time, I think we realize that, that may have come a bit later. Okay. And that, you know, they could, they probably could have existed another few years without that. Oh, yeah, we forgot about that asshole Mitch. Oh, um, yes. Mitchell. Mitchell. And then Ooh. at the end he called him Mitchie. Uh, yeah. Who, want, who was selling his music account to make money because he was pissed off at his beatnik father for turning the family's, what was it, bathtub store or something? Something like that. Some into appliance a record, store. Yeah, into a record store. But that's what I found more interesting. Because if we have a Mitch who owns the property, owns the building, and it's a record store right now, that's not, that's a razor thin profit margin. I think it's more interesting, not if they're bringing in like a music town, but they're bringing in like a Home Depot. Yeah. He'll still own the building, he'll still own the land, but it's a different kind of store. I would set it in 2018. Because I think that you get to then have the full range of nostalgia. You still get to have the people who enjoy all the different records. Because you get to go full hipster and you get to have the full range of record music because that's what's popular now, listening to the old records and the new ones. And at the same time, it's you get to play with the fact that this is a, a an element of the past that still exists that absolutely people want to hold on to. But the contemporaneous and the modernness of the world is coming down and beating down on it to the point where it wouldn't even be a music store anymore. And that's what's so terrifying to all of them, because this is the one place where they feel safe in a world that's entirely different than the one they like. Yeah, that's actually a good point. This is why you're the writer. Uh, <laughs> is uh, It's interesting, because in 95, the worst thing that could happen was not that the record store would go away, but that it would become part of this big corporate family. Right. Whereas today, it would be the complete loss of the record store because they want to make it a mini Ikea or something. Yeah, it becomes an Apple store. Yeah. Like, these could literally be people who don't own iPads, or don't, they don't listen to music on iPads. Not iPods. They don't listen to music There's on their phone anymore. There's definitely one or two people who, who only listen to vinyl. Yeah. And because it, they don't want to listen to MP3s. They want to listen to the physical music. Mm-hmm. And if this comes in and gets replaced with an Apple store, it is literally being replaced with the essence of, uh, that is what is replacing this old school music. Yeah, great point. And so that's what I would do. Yeah, uh, I'm okay with that. Plus, if we're going to make a time capsule, may as well be this time capsule. Here we are uh, 23 years later. Yeah, oh my god. That's insane. Right? See if people will say, well, oh my god, in 23 years, what will happen? I was listening to... Uh, I was listening to another podcast, and they were talking about how the word cool is slowly not being used anymore. I have noticed it being... I try and keep using it, like, or I'll sometimes I'll say, like, cool, cool. Yeah. Because, you know, if you use it twice, then that's... Well, if you use it three times, that's good, too, because it's community reference. Cool, cool, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, But they were talking about just, like... like, Because cool's had a great run. Cool's Mm -hmm. lasted a lot longer than a lot of other things. But it's eventually going to go away, too. That's just how... Now Lit's dead, so yeah. 
Lit's, Lit was burning the candle at both ends, so to speak. But um, yeah. I figured the mouth sound effect would be better than that because <laughs> the audio wouldn't pick up my tapping on the. Oh placement. no, it would pick it up. It would, but it wouldn't be as good. No. So but, we're in 2018. Yeah, and there are a couple. There's certainly a couple of different things that need to be changed. A diversity, diversity. absolutely. Um, I would also, especially because if this is a record store, it could certainly be in a record store that's in an area that is trying to gentrify and like they're trying to get rid of this record i mean to be fair a record store is kind of a gentrifying agent but making an apple store would be way gentrification but that they're trying to super gentrify right because it's not a new record store it's an old record store oh yeah i'm not necessarily opposed to the sexualization i'm opposed to the male gaze of the way it was filmed but i mean let gina be gina let i mean there are plenty of teenagers who are like this attractive music guys coming to town. I I would like to have sex with that. But Gina or Corey? Sure. Both. Yeah. And there's absolutely there's absolutely a problem with like teenagers using drugs. When I was in high school, there were a bunch of kids using black tar heroin. And the, I think the only real drugs in this movie besides well, Corey does speed. And there's pop brownies. And there's pop brownies. So I don't feel that they really. No. I mean, it was the 90s, but... And that's that's tame for the 90s. Yeah, so I think they kind of eased up, considering they were apparently doing mushrooms in the basement of houses. Yeah. But it's interesting, especially because they have the whole... This is a trope. It Literally, when I was watching this movie, and Gina takes Corey's pills and throws them all over the ground, and Corey's desperately trying to pick them up, it reminded me of the play that you took me to see so much, because yep. that exact thing happened in the play. Yep. So it's it's the rich person who's perfect, and it's like they're old, they're holding it together with medical help. Mm-hmm. Now she's definitely on Adderall. Oh, absolutely, totally Adderall, and she's snorting it. She's not taking it. Oh yeah, it's just like she's always blowing her nose, stepping yeah. away to the bathroom. Absolutely. My crazy idea was have Gina be a dude. Cool. Because Rex Manning, he wants to. He doesn't care yeah. what happens. Not opposed he's, to that. He's he's fluid sexually. Yeah. Rex, uh, Rex Manning doesn't care as long as, uh, he's the top. Exactly. He doesn't, as long as, as long as, uh, his work gets done, <laughs> he, uh, he doesn't, he doesn't care. I'm for it. So I thought that'd be interesting, just, I don't know. Because then you, you're taken away, I mean, it's like. I, well, I, I think I gender flipped, uh, Warren. Warren. I definitely gender flipped Warren. I don't think I gender flipped anyone else. That's the only one. I mean, that was just, I thought about that, and, and I think it's just interesting because also it adds to diversity and... Yeah, it, absolutely. It I definitely think it's, I think it's a good idea. a more progressive perspective that when, you necessarily wouldn't have had in 1995. When we get to that character, I think we should talk about that because I do think yeah. that's a good idea. Uh, but what other things we need to get changed or updated? Obviously, Warren cannot walk in back in with a gun full of blanks. No, definitely not. Uh, hmm trying to think because i remember think i saw that and i was like that can't happen yeah no i think warren can come back i don't think he should necessarily be threatening but i don't know what he would come back but there with. was here's the thing about that scene is you kind of see all of these people come together yeah to distract him and you just see joe walk up and take the gun maybe here's the thing actually maybe you leave it and that's what makes it more serious now yes he put blanks in the gun but at the same time that's unfortunately quite realistic yeah that's true it's very timely that that's what would happen it is but if you make it now 
there's guaranteed to be a shooting right before the movie comes out, and, and all of a sudden it's it. insensitive. But there has to be, I feel like there has to be something, hey, maybe, for some reason in my head I thought that he just stuck his hand in his pocket and pretended to have a gun. You could do that. I, I'm thinking, like, you could go another direction and have him come in with, like, a can of spray paint. And he's just, he's destroying the merchandise. Or a bat or a golf club. Or a bat or a golf club. But I was thinking spray paint because if he comes in with the spray paint and sprays things, they can still sell it. It's like, yeah, man, it's modern art. They could do that. But and that at the very end of the party, everything that got spray painted is on sale, and that's what they're selling. That's possible. But I, I don't think you can have a gun. Even if it's a weird cowboy gun that he brings in, which was... It was very weird and cowboy-y. It, was, it looked like a, like a pellet gun or like a cap gun or something yeah. that had been painted. I don't know. That's a tough one. But, uh... But other than that, I, I'm kind of on board with the, with the storyline as it goes. It would just yeah. be a modern version of it. Exactly. And obviously the music would change. Somewhat, yeah. But I think that instead of it being more modern, because that's the music that they're making fun of, because that's the music they don't like, it's a wider spectrum. Because it's all about each of their different tastes. Because one of the things they do in the movie is Mark comes in and it's his selection, and then AJ uses his one veto of the day. I thought that was really cool, as we're slowly, different people are getting to put on their CD, and the track and the music that's playing at that time for that character's story is the music that that character would pick, and it's their music. Also based on what actually happened in record stores. Yeah, absolutely. So, I, and I do feel like that's interesting is being true to what, how these people really were and how they felt and, you know, the them being anyone who worked in a record store as a yeah. teenager. But, uh, yeah. And there's going to be a bunch of young people, teenagers, whatever, who have these shitty jobs and needs to tell their story. And it is interesting because the thing about a record store, like a lot of these kind of jobs is... You have people who this, I think this is like a quote from one of the articles was it's like the best job they'll ever have because they're probably going to go to college and become like, I don't know, just like a data entry resident. Yeah, Yeah. like it's just going to be like they'll be like a data entry person or sell insurance or something. And working in a record store as a teenager will be the thing that they look back on. Yeah, it's the job where even on the day you're not working, you go in just to hang out. Yeah. So that's, and that's kind of, that's what I think I kind of always enjoyed about this movie. Absolutely. Was, it was like a, it's like a time, especially when you see it when you're at a time in your life where like, you're going to different high schools or colleges and, and you think about like that family that will never exist again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Your, your first job family. Mm -hmm. And then I would also put a dog in the movie. There should be a dog in the movie. There should definitely be a dog in the movie. There should be a dog in the record store. Yeah. Well, it's a record store, so it'd be a record store cat more likely. I'm going to say a dog. I'm, hey, I prefer a dog. I think we're going to say a dog. And I think it'd be funny if, like, every so often, like, all right, whose turn is it to walk? Empire. Empire. Sure. Uh, and like. Oh, no, that... no, no, no. I'm sorry. His name is Vinyl. Ooh, good name. His name is Vinyl. Good, good name for, yeah. uh, so whose turn is it to walk Vinyl? They walk Vinyl, then all this stuff happens, they come back, and it's what I miss. Every time it's what did I miss. Okay. Side note. So, well, I mean, because if there's going to be a dog on the poster... There had, a dog. Yeah, there should have been a dog in the movie. Alright, so cool. So I think yeah. that's the core of the movie, so let's get into cast. Fantastic. I kind of want to move through it in the order that it was on IMDb, just because the order of this made no sense to me. That's fair. Because Corey is way down at the bottom, and it literally goes Joe, Rex Manning, Jane. And as much as I love Jane, she's not necessarily the... I'm guessing that was probably just negotiated by... Well, it's, the, it's the IMDb listing. So it's... I don't know how it's sorted, because it's... My, it's not Star Reader. It's not? Nope. No. 
No, it's definitely not. I'm guessing because if you look at it, these people didn't have any experience. And they literally said they cast Liv Tyler after seeing her in the Aerosmith video with Alicia Silverstone. Oh, uh, well, that would do it. So. All right. But that that's what I think is the list that we should just work down. Okay, let's do it. So I'm going to start with Joe Reeves. Okay. And because this is what you do for a living, you're going to take my idea, run with it, and top it. Uh, my idea for Joe Reeves is Ice Cube. That's interesting. Because... He's I for for the big three, I picked people who were music adjacent. Okay. Uh and I wanted someone who was involved in the music scene, so kinda knows the music scene and is now doing this. Like this is their version of retirement. Okay. And for Ice Cube, certainly now, that's kind of what it was. Like, especially for a lower income neighborhood, he was involved in hip hop, he did that, and now he wants to run a record store because he loves music and these are the different people he works and cares for. So not finale. No. That uh, was not my suggestion. No, but he he's very busy with his real estate. Ah, okay. And why, who am I to take that from him? You shouldn't. Absolutely not. No. That's a really interesting idea. I'm trying to think. I'm like, that is interesting. I mean, he acts in lots of things. He does act in lots of things. I read the script for uh, uh, Fist Fight. I remember thinking it was very funny, and as soon as I heard Ice Cube was in, I was like, yeah, that's it. That's right. I believe they're making a Fist Fight 2, or Are I they? might just be making that up. I'm uh, not sure. Well, Fist Fight 2. The slapping? Wow. That's that's just, I mean, that's what it should be. That is what it should be. If it's not, then, then they I should just... Then I refuse to see that one as well. They should red light it. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think, you know, I don't know that I have a, a better idea than that now that I hear it. Because, and you had mentioned Ethan Embry, which is also interesting. Yeah. But there is something that's just taking somebody from, like, the 80s and 90s music scene. Well, the, the suggestion that my friends who I watch this movie with, Ed and Simone, shout out Ed and Simone... Uh, they were like, well, Mark Maron would be perfect. No. And he, and he kind of would, but he would have to not be Mark Maron. Yeah, that's He's perfect in terms of look, but he only plays Mark Maron. Exactly. I, and you need he's someone fantastic else. in Glow. Yeah. But I just think, like, that's who he is. And yeah. there's just a certain tone that you have if you put Mark Maron in that role. Right. Like, the guy in his garage, and you want that there's something here's the thing about joe there's something a little mainstream about him Mm -hmm. he's edgy he's cool he plays the drums but but at the end of the day he's still he's still a manager of a record store and he will protect his people Mm -hmm. and uh yeah i was this is like a really weird idea but john stamos who is not unfortunately i wish he would green lights i would consider putting john stamos in his rex manning that also would work i was thinking he's much more of rex manning i don't i don't see him as good old reliable for some reason i'm picturing someone playing the drums and i'm picturing him playing the drums with the beach boys in full house um yes which was also a defining moment in my childhood absolutely and uh john stamos at a beach boys concert was the first concert i ever went to and it was just because i like i happened to be with my parents at a thing with the I'm just trying to, I, I also saw a Beach Boys concert very early on. Um, but, uh, but basically, you know, I'm trying to think if there's like, honestly, in my head I'm thinking of like drummers. Yeah. Like, I, unfortunately I don't think, and he's not a drummer, but like, Pete Wentz starting to act, he's not old enough. Right. Like, you have these people who are just kind of on the cusp of people, and I mean, they're thinking of people who are just too young. I mean, you could theoretically in 20 years cast Miles Teller, but that's not going to be a good decision. Because no. he was, I mean, he drummed in a movie, but he wasn't a drummer. Right. Like, I'm thinking of like, why can't I think of any drummers now? I don't know. Um, oh well, Travis Barker. No, not right. <laughs> but I'm just I'm literally thinking of like drummers from you know the '90s, right? 
And who is acting now? Maybe one of the good Charlotte guys? Well, if there's one thing we know about drummers is that they, they die very easily. They die? Yes. Okay. You just go through a whole series of drummers. I got no? nothing. No. It's, uh... Oh, man, now I'm blinking on it. It's, uh... Spinal Tap. We t- is it? Yeah, it is. Okay. This is. It's Spinal Tap. Okay. Spinal Tap, like, their big thing in the movie is that, like, they've had, like, 16 different drummers because they keep dying in freak accidents. That makes sense. You know, so... Maybe so we'll go not. with Ice Cube. Yeah, let's go with Ice Cube. I and mean, he doesn't necessarily need to be drumming, although everyone likes drumming. Who doesn't like drumming? I was almost going to say Ice T, but I think I'm just thinking of Ice now. Yeah. Uh, for Rex Manning, I also wanted someone who, real world, famous musician, had their time, sexy, but now they're doing other things. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, kind of, it's kind of got to be Justin Timberlake. Interesting idea. I'm thinking more John Stamos. Oh yeah, I could see John Stamos. I didn't necessarily want to go that old. Here's the thing about Timberlake: he's not cheesy. Like, I mean, he's cheesy when he's in, uh, like, a Lonely Islands video. But that's different. Like, it is. I feel like Rex Manning is, yeah. like, nat- there's something naturally campy. Absolutely. About Rex Manning. And that's true in the 90s. I, but now, boy bands are campy. Um, you don't think so? I mean, I can see how kids today would think that our boy bands were campy. Right. And then I may have issues with what they consider to be a boy band. <laughs> But, uh, but I'm... Look, they pick a direction and it's the only one. There is only one direction. There is only one... Except now because they're not a band anymore, right? I don't know. I think they're not. Maybe. Who knows? But there's... I'm wondering if there's, like... There's gotta be someone more campy. Like, a campy I'm musician. sure there is. But what... But I specifically wanted someone because you gotta make the music video. And it's gotta be a music video that is believable, right? So it has to be a real-life person. Part of me is like, well, then you just jumped to Andy Samberg, but... I think that's too far. That's too far, and I, think I also think he's too young. Uh, not that Justin Timberlake is they're not prob- the exact same age they're as They're probably him. about the same age. But I legitimately feel like Andy Samberg's more current than Justin Timberlake. Or, wait, ready for this? Paul Rudd. Interesting. I don't know why I went there, I just did. He, he can get, certainly play the wait, drums. You know who would look great, though not can't be in a ruffled shirt? Mark Ruffalo. You know what he would? That, that would be a fun idea. rock. I mean, I'd put him in anything. Yeah. But that I said, just, do you want to go back and make Paul Rudd Joe Reeves? Yes. Instead of Ice Cube? Maybe. I still prefer Ice Cube just because I think that that's a little bit Let's more. leave it for now. Yeah. Let's leave, we're going to leave Ice Cube for now. But instead of Justin Timberlake, we'll go with uh, which, which uh, Marvel, Mark Ruffalo. Which Marvel superhero? Okay. I got to put Mar- I gotta put Ruffles in the movie. All right. I'm not opposed to that. I think he'd be great. He's great in everything. And then for Jane, his assistant, yes. I chose Juliette Lewis. Interesting. Because she's sort of a contemporary with Ice Cube, but it's a different world. But it's the sort of thing where I could see them both having similar origins. And she certainly has an amazing track record of things that she's done. But I also could see her very much working on something that's beneath her. It's like being an assistant, like working on something that's not quite the level that she expected she'd be working at. But she took it because it was a job. Hmm. You know, like being in a Woody Allen movie. That, that was good. That Thank was good. you. I was laughing, but it was like a very intuitive laugh. So it I was a, it was name. a it was a four microphone laugh. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Not like that. Not like uh, that. There's something. Too, is it weird that I think there's something too indie about her, which I know is what we should be going for, but like, I feel like you need someone more mainstream, and I used air quotes there uh, to get that across in the pod. Sure. Uh, and uh, I would. Uh, I'm trying to think here. Cause, but I feel like that's the right age. Like, mid-40s? Uh, just, let me just check. I want to see how old she is. Just for my own edification. She's Hold 45. On. Oh, you knew that. Yeah. 
Huh. I feel like, because Debbie Mazur was like probably in her 20s. Right. That's how it was then, then. But how old was Joe? That's true. And so I don't want to do the mid-20s poking up with the early 40s. Yeah, that's weird. Not that there's anything wrong with that no. if you're both consenting adults, but we can do better. I think we can do better. Hang on, I'm thinking here. I'm putting on my head. For some reason, like, I don't know why someone, like, Shailene Woodley popped in my head who's not right at all. No. But I'm, like, just, like, there's, we gotta find the middle. I mean, if you're gonna live in the world of Shailene uh, Woodley, why not Nicole Kidman? That's a jump. Um, I think, who am I thinking of? Or, uh, wow, now my brain just went to 13 going on 30. I'm like, might as well bring in Jen Garner. You want to... I don't... I don't. No. I don't. I don't. But now I'm in that space. Because like, you need someone who's not recognizable. Yeah. And I feel like that's the case for... I mean, I cast recognizable people. Whatever. But I didn't cast, Wait. like, A-list celebrities. How about Winona Ryder? I'm not opposed to that. I think Winona Ryder would probably be great. Yeah. Let's go with Winona Ryder. Okay. I'm down with that. All right. Winona Ryder. I'm thinking of, like, someone from the 90s. Like, Winona Ryder, Alyssa Milano. Like, one of those people. Let's just... We're going nostalgia here. Winona Ryder lives in nostalgia now. Stranger Things. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Okay. Which brings us to Lucas. Oh. Or as I have him labeled, Black Sweater. Yes. Black Turtleneck, really. Black Turtleneck. Excuse me. Yeah. I should correct that. Uh, so my recommendation for Lucas was, well, my original uh, thought was uh, the dude who plays The Flash. Grant Gustin. No. The m- movie one. Ezra, Ezra Miller. Miller. And th- that's a one for one that he kind of has the look. But if anything, yeah. he's a little bit too old. So the person I ended up going with was Timothy Chalamet. Ah, hmm. Because I feel like Timothy Chalamet can kind of pull off the affected talking to himself. Good intentions, but still a little weird. Steve Jobs look of it all. Yeah. I'm wondering if you need someone who looks like they've lived a little more. Because there was something about him where it was like, he looked like there was like an old soul to Lucas. And I get, yeah, I guess he kind of has that a little bit. Um, I think that's more in the way he put his hair and the way he dresses. Yeah. I because I feel like you put him in not that outfit. By the way, I'd rather him be AJ. You'd rather him be AJ? Timothy Talma, yeah. We'll talk about who I... Well, okay. let's talk about who I have for AJ, because maybe you want to switch them. Okay. Because the person I have for AJ is Ashton Sanders. I don't even know who that is. Wow. He's the kid from Moonlight. Oh. He's one of the kids from Moonlight. Yeah. He's the youngest version of him, right? I think so. You know what? I would switch them. Yeah. Okay, so let's do that. So, because Ashton Sanders definitely can play the person with hurt, but that's kind of what I wanted for the artsy one, but absolutely, let's yeah. flip him. I see Tim- I, I, Timothy Chalamet I, has that artsy look. Absolutely, And, like, does. the long wavy hair. Like, I'm sorry it's 2018, but you still gotta have The that only reason I didn't hair. want to put Timothy Chalamet as AJ is because of the uh, crush and confession of love that he must have for Corey. Yes. But I'm sure Timothy Chalamet is able to play anything. Yes. Yeah, cool. Uh, that brings us to Deborah. Yes. Good old shaved head Deborah. This is the one person you have, so I'm going to go and tell you mine. I have Maisie Williams. I want Robin Tony back. Who? The same person who played it originally. That, that's a, that's a choice. It's a choice. No, I don't know. For some reason, by the way, she's aged fantastically. Oh, yeah, no, I looked up all these actors and damn. Yeah, I mean, she just finished a ton of years on The Mentalist and. Yeah, she's great. She was in, what was she in head? No, The Craft. Was she? Yeah, she was in The Craft. And there was just something, I'm watching this movie, I'm like, I cannot picture anyone else in this role. But, that said. I mean, who was the uh, the one who played the weirdo in uh, Breakfast Club? 
Ali Sheedy? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of an Ali Sheedy kind of role. Yeah, it's, for me, it's a little bit deeper. Absolutely and I'm like, it is. And I'm like 65% joking when I say I want Robin Tunney back. But in my head, I'm like, because I remember like reading, like Angelina Jolie came in for this role. And, and that would have been right off of uh, Hackers. Hackers. Yeah. You Tune into episode, I don't know, like eight or nine or something to hear the ideal remake take on Hackers with special guest Diane Bloom. Now, back to the show. I, I was leaving a pause there. I don't know. In case you <laughs> to do yeah, that's when we cut it, cut back from the commercial. Yeah. Uh, oh, you know what we need? I'm like, we need some. Uh, hold on, I'm trying to think. Well, part of the reason why I wanted to do Maisie Williams is because I, it's very different from anything she's. It, it's very different from Arya. And so I feel yeah. like we see her as Arya, and that brings us these expectations, and all of a sudden she's playing something wildly different. I have kind different. of a crazy idea. I like crazy ideas. Gina Rodriguez from Jane the Virgin. I've cast her a bunch of times because she's great. And, How old is she? Because uh, I want to say late 20s, if not early I think 30s. she's like 30. Yeah. But does she look 30? And how old does Robin Tunney really look in that? Because she's kind of looked like around her like late 20s, early 30s for like I'm, 20 years. I'm bad at that game. Yeah. I, I have a hard time telling how old anyone looks. Me too. But I think that there's, I think that she can be made to look young. Absolutely. And I think there's something. But wow, why? She's you, 34. Yeah. That's kind of what I was expecting. But. Because she's been around for a while. I Here's the thing. I don't think she has kind of the uh, the damaged innocence. Not like the, I think she could. I think she could, but I think I think we can do better. I think okay. we can cast someone younger who legitimately might be going through these things at the same time. Okay. Like this is the sort of character where you get an unknown. In theory, yes, you probably would get an unknown. Defeats the purpose of the podcast, but I got some ideas. Uh. I, I'm not going to throw names out, but let's just say I got ideas. No, good. I've seen some people in some plays that would be perfect for this. I'm sure you have, but that's kind of what it needs to be, right? Yeah. Like it needs to be this person who comes in, and all of a sudden you're like, "Who's this? Why do I care about them?" And then they just blow you away. Yes, and they they have to shave their head. Do they? I think that's what happened in the in the original movie. What's your version of shaving? Is there a version of shaving your head now? It could be a bad tattoo, but it's hard to give yourself a bad tattoo. It's yeah, hard to walk in someplace can, and do it, that. It's some act of, not self, it's not mutilation because she did that off screen. Right. But there's something you walk in. Because shaving your head, especially in a bathroom, is such a a demonstration and such a call for help. Well, that's the whole point of it. Yeah. Like, I... I I asked the question, but I think that I've answered it myself in the sense of that's just what it has to be. Like, that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, That's the move. And I don't know if there's anything similar to that at all that you could say. And and I don't think there's anything specifically. It's not like a 1995 thing to do. No. It doesn't have to be shaved head. It could be cut, you know, you just cut your hair or something. She does something. I mean, she she should do something. Like, she has long hair. You could dye her hair. It's not as that feels light. That's more knives chow than it is. Yeah, you could certainly. I mean, it's a very. There's a moment where she pauses shaving her head, where she just has half her head shaved, and I'm mm-hmm. like, great, that's a very modern look, and it almost might be funny if over the course 
of the movie, she keeps stepping away to the bathroom to shave another row out of her hair. That's interesting. Like, she, like that's how we kind of measure and track the movie, by how much of her hair is gone. And instead of it all happening at once, okay, great, now she just has a shaved head the rest of the movie. Every time someone messes up and, like, upsets her more, more of the hair is gone. Yeah. And so finally at the end, they collectively come together like, and as a group, share, shave the last of her hair. Because at this point, they have to finish the job. Yeah. And it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a family effort as opposed to something solitary. I have a different idea, too. Vanessa Hudgens. Okay. Don't seem to be into that one. It's, the, it, it's very similar. I mean, she's younger, but also she's been doing... There's some indies that she's done. Oh, yeah? Where she is... Yeah, she played like a homeless... I think it was like Gimme Shelter... Uh, I think it was like a homeless pregnant teen. Interesting. Um, she's definitely been going. There's even something about Spring Breakers, which was just very. Oh, I'm getting confused with someone else. Who do? You, who are you thinking of? I was thinking of um, uh, the actress from Ugly Betty. Uh, America Ferrara. No. Yeah. Uh, I'm not necessarily opposed to Vanessa Hudgens because I truly do think she has that. She's 29, which is probably about right. But she looks young. She does. It's probably a good choice. That's who I, That would be my choice. Okay. I'm good with that. Yeah. If we have to pick someone. That is, though in theory, truly unknown. Yes. Ideally unknown, but in reality. The, uh, <laughs> I almost wrote unknown. They did, when they, uh, they were casting for uh, Ready Player One. Mm-hmm. I remember they put up, like, we want to get, like, Wade Watts to be some unknown person. So we're going to go out and look across the entire country. We're going to find someone. I remember I submitted an audition. I filmed one for my roommate. Like, we did this audition because, like, this is a really good idea. Because especially he's supposed to be the Everman. Let's bring someone in. And then they cast Cyclops. Because mm-hmm. it's what they do. Yep. I didn't like that movie, but that's not the reason why. Let's talk about Gina, the blonde. Okay. Who I was saying we gender flip. You were suggesting we gender flip? Um... I have China Ann McLean. I'm going to look her up. Uh, she is the younger sister in Black Lightning. I've actually not seen Black Lightning. It's great. And she is also great in it. I believe you. Uh, she's also in the, De- the Descendants. Yes. Which I think is an actual... Those kids are talented. I'm sure they do. I, I cannot believe that they keep making more of these things. But then I remember people as a them. kid, I watched everything. So They totally watch it. Yeah, it's like, of course people will watch that. I'm trying to think. First of all, if you guys can hear this dog in the background, I'm very sorry. Yeah. It's never happened in any of the other recording sessions. And uh, Well, we did say we wanted a dog in the movie, so. So it, it, it makes sense that there's a dog in the podcast. Yes, because there was that, you know, it's making up the fact that there was a dog in the original poster. Yes. It's now here with us. But anyway, so China yeah. M. McLean um, is, I mean, she's the right age. And she certainly is able to kind of like, in Black Lightning, she certainly plays a character who kind of gives me a sense of the same essence, though not necessarily the same behavior. Uh, she's just a sweet person whose circumstances make her do things that she wouldn't necessarily want to do, but she's able to, to do it well. And she's a competent person who cares about the people in her life. That's fair. My uh, my gender flip idea. Yeah, who do you have? Is Casey Cott, who plays Kevin Keller on Riverdale. I haven't seen Riverdale. He is the. I mean, he's playing like I think like the gay best friend, and he's like the one gay guy in a small town. Okay. But he's also a really good actor and uh, has a fairly interesting social media presence. Oh yeah. And yeah, it's just like it's hilarious and very everyman. All right. 
So I like the idea of a gender flip, and, uh, and especially because I bet Mark Ruffalo would be into it. Forgot Let about me. that. <laughs> Look him up. I just Wait. worry that you're casting another generic white guy for you're replacing yeah. a woman with a generic white guy. That is fair. Like I'm looking at a picture of this guy and he, he is, is generic white guy. Generic white guy make generic white guy. Wait, can I throw in a better idea for X Men in? Of How nostalgia course. do we want to go? Priestley or Perry? What? Jason Priestley or Luke Perry? Take one of the nine two and zero guys. No. no, I thought I just. Why to is that loud. person best friends with a eighteen year old girl? Why is he best friend? No, 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 no. I meant for Rex Manning. I went back to Rex Manning. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, I went back to Rex Manning. No. No, we're done. Okay. <laughs> no. Just figured I'd go back there for a second while I was looking at the Riverdale cast on my phone. Yes. Um, okay. They're, they're a good source of angsty young people, but I have certainly, and I have certainly dipped into that well often enough. I didn't this time, though. Okay, so trying to Queen or, uh, I mean, I put her in anything. This would be a totally different role for her, like Zara Shahidi. Uh, who's in blackish and grownish. You're gonna like who I have later in this. I actually looked at her as well. Um, the reason why I didn't is because she is now known for playing a college student and these are high school kids. That's fair. Gina doesn't have to be a high school kid though. That's the thing is that the only people who we know are high school kids. She doesn't have to be, but I feel like it's better if she's a contemporary of Corey because she's getting to see her best friend go off to Harvard and she's not. Yeah. And that what I think that's what I think makes her character interesting is that she's still the supportive person even though it's killing her inside. But if she's a year or two older, I think it's still okay. I think I I'm sure it is. Yeah. I'm sure you're right, but I like it better when they're the same age because it's literally she's still having to be the supportive friend to this person who has everything and okay. this other person who never once checks in and sees how she's doing and where she's going. Anyone else I feel like is too old is going to be much older than anyone I'm thinking of. Because I'm looking up, I want to check one person's age, and then we're going to see. And besides, there's you, don't, no you don't know who I have for Corey yet. I don't. There's no age on here yet. I was thinking of Candace Patton, who's in The Flash, while we're talking about The Flash. Uh, who's she in The Flash? She is Iris. She's great. She's, she's awesome. too old. That's, but she's great. She looks like 24, but yes. Yeah. I mean, she's definitely older than 24, but yes. Okay. Uh, but yeah. So let's go with, let's go with China and McLean, just because cool. I think she's cool. And so then for Mark, the red-headed weirdo, <laughs> I had Cody Smith-McPhee. Okay. That's... Just a different kind of weirdo, just because a 90s weirdo and a 2018 weirdo are going to be a little they bit different. They are different. Compl- I, I agree with that. Um, that. That's fair. There aren't that many young character actors. There's not, like, yeah, it's hard, because who, hold on, there was a kid that just popped into my head, and by the way, it might be him. Hold on one second. What am I thinking? Is it who plays Nightcrawler in the X-Men movies? I don't know. That's not what I was thinking of. Ah, Asa Butterfield. Oh, I looked him up. Spell his name? A-S-A. Butterfield, just like it sounds. <laughs> I did look him up. I, uh, Asa Butterfield. Um, I looked him up. He's young. He's 21. Like, I looked him up and I was like, this kid still looks like a child. Yeah. Um, And I liked that, but I didn't want... I wanted him to look a little bit older than the person I had for Warren. Because I think Warren needs to look the youngest, for sure. Okay. And the person I have, that won't be a problem. Um, and I like Asa Butterfield. Uh, how much of a character weirdo is he? he? The thing I was thinking of him from was Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. Oh, is he a good weirdo in that? He's a fantastic weirdo. Everyone in that movie is a great weirdo. I need to see that movie. I haven't seen it yet. He is the weirdest of them. Maybe not the weirdest of the weirdos, but he's the... the important weirdo 
I'm for it. It's he's like it's like super weirdo. What's his weirdo thing? What 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 is his thing in the movie? What does he do? I can't remember, but he's like I don't want to spoil anything for those who haven't seen it because anything I say I think might spoil it. As I try and decipher, he what plays the character of Jake. Yes, he he's the he's also Ender Wigan. That's what I remember. I looked him up. Yeah, but but even that movie is, wasn't good. No, but there was something as Ender where he was also the outsider, and you can yeah. see that. There's something, I mean, theoretically, everyone in this movie is an outsider for some reason. Of course. So just casting an outsider isn't necessarily the thing, because that should be all of them. Of course, then, yeah. Do we want him to be the pothead? Pothead is funny even now. Yeah. All right. He can be the pothead. I mean, if you feel strongly, I'm not opposed to doing Ace of Butterfield. Um, yeah, I'm cool with that. Who is next? Next up is Burko. Oh, Burko. Who is the stunt casting actual rock and roll person. Yeah, it was supposed to be, uh... Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day, but it was Coyote Shivers who was married to Liv Tyler's mom at the time. Right. So, Here's, that's the 90s version of that casting. I also have a question. Do you need Burko? You do not, but it gives you an opportunity for, for the, the kind of song at the end, and all 90s movies end in songs. So, I have stunt casting, someone who can kind of drift in, drift out. It's pure stunt casting. Okay. Also, I think it's fun. Chance the Rapper. That's a really interesting idea, because I was thinking Harry Styles. Right. I... Honestly, think Chance the Rapper is, even more so than Harry Styles, kind of widely beloved. That is true. And he has been in commercials, he's acted in stuff before, but you're casting him because he's a musician and he does different musical things. And you have him in there because he's the person in this group who's legitimately good at the music thing that they're trying to do. Okay. So I just thought it was a fun idea. I'm good with that. Cool. And then we've got Warren, who is listed higher than Corey. I don't know why. That is interesting. I don't know why. Yeah. Let's not try and decipher IMDb logic. Makes no sense. Nope. I have some fun casting for Warren. Cool. Daphne Keene. I'm not even... You've seen Logan, right? Oh, her, yeah. Yeah. Interesting, because I was thinking Hudson Yang. Hudson Yang. Who's the little... He's the kid from Fresh Off the Boat, but he's growing. He's growing up. We've used him for something else before. I don't remember what. He's a cute kid. The reason I picked her is because she can play her real good. Yeah, I don't know necessarily to play hurt. You know what I mean, like yeah, it's like, it's like, comes from a like a broken past something, but also can like kind of go back and forth between like very angry, very sweet. That's true. I do like the gender flaw, the gender flip there. Right, and also it makes and if we do end up giving her a gun, it's all of a sudden a little bit less menacing than a crazy white dude with a gun. That is true. Or she can just knives and just kill people. That would be hilarious because you want nostalgia. Absolutely, like recent nostalgia, but it's nostalgia. It's it's future nostalgia. Future nostalgia. Is there a special word for that? Foralgia. Um, Forstalgia. Foresight. Yeah, that's you. <laughs> that so that that's kind of who I had just because I I thought that of like I think this was literally the character that I cast first just because I was like I need to find young people. I was going through this whole list of young people and I was like oh that's Warren, but that was the joke where I was like. All right, uh, she comes like, all right, kid, what's your name? It's like Taylor Swift. I'm fucking Taylor Swift, or I'm Taylor fucking Swift, whatever. All right, great, Taylor. Uh, here's what we need you to do: and just take her, and so they just call her Taylor Swift the entire movie. And it's also, but the thing is, is it as funny as she's taking the pictures with Rex Manning? Yes. Okay. It's two different of the entire movie. It's the two superhero people taking pictures together. That actually is funny. It's Hulk and X twenty three taking pictures together. Okay, fair. And I don't know what the comic book history of those two characters is, but I bet it's not good. 
Let's add in the, yeah, we're upping the nerd quota. That's fine. Absolutely. And then we get to Corey. Corey. Who, I have Sasha Lane. Again, you know all these people so This is so funny. I, I mean, I, I spent, like, I basically, as soon as I got home from the movie, I spent all afternoon researching this. Hold on. Oh, American Honey, that was a good movie. Yeah. Like, I picked her because, well, I mean, because she's great. And also, like, whenever, when you were recommending uh, The Girl from Blackish, and I was like, we could, but. I would rather her be Corey, by the way. But my question is, do you need it? I feel like we gotta up the name quota quotient at some point. I feel like this is the the place to do it, though. To, I agree with you. To do the to, unknown or to do the no to up the name to to up the name. I mean, quality. in my idea, that that's where you throw in like a Yara Shahidi. Great. That's what I would do. Because then let me see Corey and yeah, that's what I say. Looking up Yara Shahidi. She, she got into Harvard. So an acceptance with a uh, recommendation from Michelle Obama. Wow. I'd put her in anything. Okay. And she is exactly eighteen years old. Yes. She put off, I think, college for a year or something to... She put off Harvard? Yes, to do for, uh, Grownish. That's insane. I think. I could be wrong about the timing, or maybe they're doing it around her school. Well, if she got into Harvard, then it makes perfect sense that she's playing Corey. Exactly. Like, you could literally just have her playing herself. Like, she got... How, I mean, how'd you get into Harvard? Alright, it's Michelle Obama. So Michelle Obama wrote me a recommendation. I, I'm just like but you. But it wasn't Barack, it was Michelle. That's better. Like, I I think it would be harder to get a recommendation from Michelle than it would be from Barack. Yes, but it doesn't serve the purpose of the, the, the Oh, line. I know. It's a funny line. Yeah. Well, who wrote you a recommendation? The lady who runs the IHOP. She's the only person who'd say yes. Why didn't you get Joe? He said no. Exactly. But yeah. Yeah. All right. I got, I will, I got it. It's Yara Shahidi and Mark Ruffalo are the two that I'm sticking with. All right. Okay. Yara Shahidi it is. That's fine. Fantastic. Which leaves us with two cast members, and then we'll get into writer and director. Cool. Eddie, the druggy guy, who kind of like drifts in and out and shows up with pizza, mm-hmm. and Mitchell, in that order. So Eddie, the druggy, is the one where I was like, we can go a little bit older with this one, because yeah. he's kind of the, the burnout guy who's working in all these different th- places. Rory Culkin. Interesting. Because he looks like it, but also... <laughs> I raised you Kieran Culkin. Kieran Culkin's two together. Is he? Have you seen him in the new TV show he's in? That's acting, though. It is. Okay, right, ready? Macaulay Culkin. Oh, but then he'll break the movie. (laughs) I mean, Macaulay Culkin's on the nose. No, I'm just naming Culkins now. I know. I'm literally naming Culkins. I'm out of Culkins. I like Kieran Culkin. I saw him in Igby Goes Down when I was in high school. He's amazing in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. My favorite Kieran Culkin role? Father of the Bride. Really? Love that movie. Great. What is he in Father of the Bride? He's the younger son. He's the younger son. Oh, good. He's the kid. Steve Martin's son. Poor Culkins. Look at Secession. He's doing great. He's doing great. But that's kind of what I thought. Because, like, you, you cast a Culkin, all of a sudden there's a lot of baggage with a Culkin. But also, you look at Rory Culkin and I'm like, yeah, that guy does drugs. Yeah, I mean, you could do that. Or, hmm. Hey, you could throw no Hudson Young Seong for that. Yeah. I'm coming, I keep coming back to Little Hudson. I know. This is the one, that, of all of them, there were a couple that I was like, this, uh, Eddie and... Honestly, Mark, where the two are, I was like, we could literally just cast an old person who's worked at this record store forever. It's so funny because I can picture real people. Yeah. Hey, we know we know a guy who'd be perfect for that. We were just talking about someone who plays the perfect straggler. Oh, yeah. No, he'd be perfect. We, yeah. <laughs> oh, well. But, like, honestly, this is the role that I would put someone, um, oh, wow, not blanking on his name. That's embarrassing. Where I'd put... I'm, veto- I'm vetoing the Culkins. I'm vetoing all Culkins. That's fine. This is the place where I'd put, like, a Jeff Bridges. 
Yes, except not Jeff Bridges. Uh, right, not... Jordan Bridges. Who's Jordan Bridges? His son. Or not his son, his nephew, I think. Yeah? There's actually... Yeah, uh, there's actually Jordan Bridges. He's an actor. This As I misspelled Bridges because I'm holding a pen in my hand. Damn. Oh, this guy is way too together. Look at him and his attractive face. That's his headshot. This is a press photo. This isn't a headshot. That's eh, what he uses. As There's a, a shadow behind it. You don't use that as a headshot. I mean, look at this guy. I'm I'm still with it. Look at his boring white guy face. I mean, I'm sure he's great. Hey, if you really wanted to just throw in a joke, if he'd do it as like a kind of cameo, you got like Jason Segel. I think we can wait. Be better than wait, that. I can. No, no, no. Better than Jason Segel would be uh, the guy who played Jay in Jay and Silent Bob, Jason Mewes. That's the correct casting. Yeah. All right, that's who we're going with. Yeah. Jason Mewes? Yeah, M-E-W-E-S. Yeah, So, but that's kind of the idea. It's someone who's literally been at this record store longer than Joe, longer than anyone. Like, he worked, he was originally hired by Mitchell's dad and just never left. Yeah. This is, he's happy doing this. He found his bliss. That's his thing. Yeah. And that's, in a way, enviable, I suppose. In a way. Yeah, he's happy. He's living his best life. Yeah, why not? That's the thing. And then that brings me to uh, Mitchell. Yes. For Mitchell, I intentionally went younger. I intentionally went, look at this little shit telling people what to do. Interesting. Freddie Highmore. Hmm, I've been thinking about him for a couple roles. Yeah? Yeah. Like, I can see him being the contemporary, like, he he's the, uh, he's the Benny in Rent. He's the person who could be their contemporary, but they all hate because he went to the dark side. He is the, on their level, but works for the bad yeah. guys, essentially. Yeah, I was thinking of the male lead in Crazy Rich Asians. Henry Golding is his name. I'm sure he'd be great. He, now I'm not sure how old he is. That's the one thing. I mean, at this point, he just needs to be an adult. I don't care how old he is. Yeah. His uh, age is conspicuously absent from his IMDb, which means yeah. that he's older than he looks. Yeah. But yeah, I'd, I'd happily go with that. I'm good I mean, with he that. certainly play, is good at playing someone who comes from money. Exactly. That's a fun idea. He has, He just has this look to him. Like, you can see. And it's different than the character I believe he's playing in Crazy Rich Asians in that. Oh, yeah, yeah, it absolutely is. He accepts his money a little differently. Yes. I do need to see that movie. Me too. But yeah, absolutely. I'm for it. Cool. So that's our cast. That brings us to our writer and our director. I, I peeked at your list. We might have the same idea for writer. Oh, yeah? Yes. Because my I, I had two different writers. Like, I'm bouncing back and forth between two ideas. I had Kenya Barris, who's the writer for Grownish, simply because it's that right kind of capturing the spirit and... He, Definitely has a penchant for music, and and I think that he'd be good. But I think you one of the things that this movie is lacking is, I mean, it was written by a woman, but you need to make sure that you still have that because it's the the female high school experience in the '90s is different than the female high school experience now. So you kind of need someone who's able to capture that as well. I still picked someone older, but uh, that's why I have Stephanie Savage, who wrote, who was a writer on Gossip Girl and Runaways, mm-hmm. and so. I don't know who would do the first pass, who would do the second pass, but kind of something that they both of them wrote. See, I have a female director idea, so that's why I'm okay with Kenya Barris, but... We're going to have a conversation We'll have a conversation, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm perfectly happy just going with Kenya Barris. I had, there had been something that I had been pushing him for that was very similar to this. Oh, yeah? Yeah. All right, we'll go with Kenya Barris. I actually have a couple of female ideas for... But yes. Then let me go first for director. Yes, please. Because the director that I have... I picked specifically because he does a lot of music videos as well. Oh, that was my thought too. And specifically goes through and like has a sense of music, has a sense of 
this world. Same. Spike Jones. I had Floria Sigsmondi. Tell me who that is. She did The Runaways. She's a little bit darker than uh, F-L-O-R-I. I found her. I just okay. clicked on the wrong name. Done a ton of music videos. She did the TV show The Runaways? No, the movie the about Joan Jett. Oh. With uh, Kristen Stewart. Okay. And she does... She's done a ton. And she does a bunch of music videos. So many music videos. Here's a picture of her hanging out with Kristen Stewart. Fantastic. Yeah, I don't know. And, all right, so I definitely see those. And she was a director for an episode of American Gods. She's done The Handmaid's Tale. All these are very dark. That's what I'm... Eh, it's dark. But then you have Kenya Barris. I mean, Kenya Barris puts the words in their mouths, but she establishes tone. I would also let Catherine Hardwick direct anything. Catherine Hardwick? Who did Twilight, but was the production designer on Tombstone, which is my favorite fact about her. <laughs> Probably more towards Catherine Hardwick, because she's done lighter things, like Dirty Lies and uh, Till It Happens to You. You know, fun stuff. Fun things. <laughs> Not everything dark. Hell on Wheels. Eye that candy. I, I don't know. I would let her direct anything. And I think she has a cool style. I'm not familiar with anything she's ever done. Not that I have to be, of course, but... We should talk about Lords of Dogtown. That's actually the most relevant credit, probably. I have seen Lords of Dogtown. Is that what she did? Yeah. That is what would convince me. If she did Lords of Dogtown, that would would be... And you can't, like, her production designer credits, Vanilla Sky, Antitrust, Tombstone, Three Kings, like, it's just... She's super varied. What has she done in relation to music? Because I do think that's important, because I think feel like you have to let music that is fair, tell the story of this movie. And I feel like that has to be such a huge part of what we're doing. Hmm, then maybe we go back. I mean, because music is fun, and it's kind of a... I've been watching a lot of Great British Bake Off. It's the, it's the icing sugar on the top of your uh, tarts. But I feel like for our version, especially now, I feel like it needs to be more the rose water that you mix in for flavor. Wow, you're... In your tarts. That's so British. It's Everything so British. Everything you said was just so British. I stand by it. Okay. I'm not going to try and do a British accent because that would just be insulting to a lot of people. Um so sure they I could handle it. Yes, they definitely could after that. Um, <laughs> uh, it's okay. going to be all right. Then I got to go back and think. Hang on. Uh, music. I'm trying to think. There was someone else who I'd had on a list recently who had done music videos. And I was like, oh my gosh, all these amazing music videos. And I can't remember who it is. And it's not going to come to me. There's a woman who did Katy Perry videos. I'm literally looking up Beyonce music videos. Okay. The person I found has done a lot of music videos. Uh, She was a director for a couple episodes of Master of None. And she's an executive producer on Insecure. I'm intrigued. And the rest of what she's done is music videos. I am intrigued. And she's also in the process of directing. She's in pre-production on a movie called Queen and Slim. She's a director of something called City of Saints and Thieves. And a brief history of seven killings. Okay. So she's done the comedy with Insecure, and she's done the music. This woman's name is Melina Matsukas. Yes, yes, that is the other person who was on that list that yeah. I could not remember her name. A hundred percent, yes. And I feel like that's kind of what we need. A hundred percent. That is who I was. That's the other name on the list. Great. What's the list? Uh it was female directors. Ah, uh, nice. I was specifically looking for, I mean, because the Beyonce music video, she came up with a conversation because I was listening to people talking about, like... She's awesome, yeah. Yeah, different, like, like, Beyonce things that have been done. And, yeah, she's awesome. Fantastic. Cool. I'm happy with that. So let's, uh, let's go through what we got. Fantastic. Let's do it. 
We are remaking Empire Records, setting it today and making it more modern. Instead of it being replaced with Music Town, it's going to be replaced with an Apple Store. And it's more about old school record music dying than it is and being replaced with modern iPods and whatnot than it is with more mainstream music. And so for our cast, we have Joe Reeves being played by Ice Cube. Rex Manning will be Mark Ruffalo. Jane is going to be Winona Ryder. Lucas will be played by Ashton Sanders, and AJ will be Timothy Chalamet. Deborah will be Vanessa Hutchins, or ideally some unknown who gets this opportunity to solidify herself in stardom. Gina will be played by China Ann McLean. Mark is going to be Asa Butterfield. Burko will be Chance the Rapper, for fun. Warren is going to be gender-flipped into Taylor and will be played by Daphne Keene. Corey is going to... Uh, is going to be played by Yara Shahidi. Eddie, the druggie, is going to be Jason Mewes. Mitchell, the owner, is going to be Henry Golding. This movie is going to be written by Kenya Barris and will be directed by Melina Matsukas. And Andre will also still be played by Tobey Maguire, whose scene may or may not be cut. Agreed. <laughs> A post-Molly's game Tobey Toby Maguire. Maguire. Oh, man. And he seems like, again? I'm in this movie again? Same role? Well, he just has to, he has to be in the movie, but not on camera, doing mushrooms the entire time. And they throw that footage away. Exactly. Love it. Just like 1995. Love it. Tied so, would you buy this uh, this movie on VHS and put it on a shelf? Uh, I think I have to buy it on Blu-ray because that's like the vinyl of... Nope, it's not. No. No. Uh, maybe Be- Betamax? Betamax? Laserdisc? Laserdisc, yes. Just get a big old Laserdisc and just put it on the wall? Pretty much. I'd frame it first. Yeah. I would I would expect nothing less. Basically, you know, it's like a like a platinum record. Yeah, yeah, kind of is. All right, Sam, tell me, where can people find you on the internet, and should they find you on the internet, on the internet? and tell us about you. About me? Yeah. I'm originally from Jersey. Yeah, love it. Go on. I like nerd stuff. Yeah, good. I went to USC. Played <laughs> on. Uh, and I'm on the internet. I'm on Instagram at samschiff527, and on Twitter at samschiffrin527. That's S-C-H-I-F-R-I-E-N. It's 527 your birthday? It is. Nice. Very close to somebody else's birthday. Yeah. Uh, hey, Sam, stick together. <laughs> Woo! Sam, Samadarity. Samadarity. Uh, great. On that note, I think we have one last thing to say. In a second, because I gotta do... You Ideal do your- Remake can be found on the internet. Uh, Ideal Remake on Instagram, Ideal Remake on Twitter, or join us on Facebook, where I would love to have a conversation about what you think we did right and what you think we did wrong. We didn't do anything wrong. You're wrong. Prove me wrong. Fight me. And if you want to know more about me, I'm at Sam Gash, S-A-M-G-A-S-C-H on Twitter and nowhere else. I also want to say thank you, Sam, so much for being a guest on this episode. Thank you, Sam, for having me as a guest on this episode. It's been an absolute pleasure. It has been an honor to be here. Sam's. 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 Damn the man saved the empire. That's what I thought we were going to end with. It's better now. I like it. <laughs>